The Dallas Cowboys continue to struggle in the red zone. What is the biggest reason why they can't score touchdowns? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, you held down the show yesterday doing a solo show. I should at least tell everybody Please. why why I wasn't on uh, the show yesterday, why I wasn't tweeting on Sunday. Uh, we had a new baby boy who decided to come right there in the middle of a football Sunday. Great timing by him. Yeah, uh, good job. Yeah, but thanks for all the people, for all the congratulations. Really appreciate it. But now we got to get into some more depressing news. Yeah. Talking about the Dallas Cowboys offense, Landon. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start with the red zone stuff because I think that's what everybody wants to know. Why is this team struggling to score touchdowns so badly right now? Uh, first of all, I think we should caution on, you know, putting this as a holistic season-wide, like, definite issue for the Cowboys offense. Because I think, first of all, it was a very bad sample size, you know, for us to kind of project out on the entirety of the red zone. But I do think it brings up key things that need to be addressed. That that part needs to, we, we need to discuss. But I do think that we should kind of avoid the kind of fatalist idea that the Cowboys can't, you know, are, are unable to score touchdowns yeah, in the red no, zone. This is a very struggling right now. That's right. And and let's also be clear. And, and, and I'm not the only person who feels this way. I know Brian Broad has tweeted this out as well. I think the Arizona Cardinals did a fantastic job specifically in the red zone. And yeah. I think the, the reason that it was so frustrating for us to watch this is that the Cowboys offense in general, I thought played mostly pretty well. It I mean, especially the ball cons- a lot. Yeah, especially considering the fact that what they had with the offensive line, they were able to move the ball consistently. They didn't have any problems getting up and down the field or getting inside the ten, uh, Arizona 10-yard line. It's just the problem that happened once they got in there. Now, the issues inside the red zone are, are clearly multifaceted. I think the, the top-line thing I would say at this point is that Mike McCarthy came out yesterday and, and talked about how he felt like maybe – his play calling was uh, the result of an overreaction to what was happening with the offensive line, right? They lost three starters on Thursday. On Thursday, they, they kind of got the idea that, hey, we're probably going to be down three starters. And at that point, change some of the game plan. I think that the red zone is where we saw that rear its head the most because they they tried a couple of runs early in the in the in that kind of low red zone area that that failed, you know, pretty badly. And I think they, they they basically just abandoned the traditional run game at that point inside the the ten yard line. They tried a a little reverse at one point that didn't work. Um, they, they tried a couple. They mostly were throwing the football. And you know I, we talked about it yesterday on the show. In the second half, they were zero for five inside the ten yard line throwing the football, and they were zero for seven overall in the entire game. The the, the pass blocking uh, uh, that was holding up just enough between the 20, well, I guess between the tens uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, uh, on, the, on the rest of the field. Uh, it wasn't holding up. They were, getting, they were getting up and down the field with this quick passing game, and they couldn't do that in the red zone because things are more condensed. You don't have the opportunity to quickly uh, uh, throw a ball because there's just bodies there. So 
they needed a little bit more longer developing stuff to kind of free guys up and the offensive line just couldn't handle that and and i think all of that combined for a situation where you know and then added penalties and just kind of bad decision making and and i think that that's why you have a completely unsuccessful red zone situation where you have four attempts in the second half and only come away with six points I also thought the Cardinals, and you mentioned this, they just had a really good read on what the Cowboys were going to do. There was a, They actually ran uh, two kind of those like bootlegs where they have a tight end high and then a tight end that kind of releases slowly, yep. right? And they just covered it really well. And yes. as I was watching this game, it, it, it kind, you kind of forget about this a little bit, but I mean, Ezekiel Elliott and Dalton Schultz, I believe had something like 17 red zone touchdowns last year for the Cowboys. And it's not to say that the Cowboys are going to miss those guys, but I do think they are missing them a little bit right now. Um, I don't know how much success Zeke would have had running with this offensive line, and I don't know how much success Dalton Schultz would have had. But th- those two guys were kind of their bread and butter in the red zone, and now they're figuring out how to play offense without them. Honestly, it doesn't remind me – it reminds me a lot of when the Cowboys let Des Bryant go, like in 2017. They had a stretch there where – they had to figure out how to play in the red zone without Des because they were just so accustomed to, hey, we're on the five yard line. It's a back shoulder or you know a, a fade to Des. It's going to take them a little bit to kind of find their rhythm here, I believe. Yeah, and look, I mean, there was some other stuff too. Like, you know, you probably could have called pass interference on that play that Michael Gallup was running the fade. I I understand that he wasn't. Uh, he, didn't... he needs to do a better job fighting back to that ball. I think a little bit, but well, yes, I, I agree. Mean, that should have been probably some... is a penalty ninety nine times out of a hundred. When, when the guy, the defender has both hands in his in your chest and is pushing you away from where the ball it's is true. arriving, that seems like it's pass interference. That's not face guarding. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think there is some other aspects to it that would have helped, but I do think that overall the Cowboys need to find more bread and butter inside the red zone stuff that, that they can yes. rely on. You know, yes, and now something that you can like, hey. We're going to run this, and it's just whether we can execute it or not. Or not. And I, I know the percentages of fades and back shoulders isn't great, but I would have loved to see like multiple back shoulder th- throws to CeeDee Lamb. Or you know, even Gallup. Like, yes, he didn't draw the penalty on that one, but Gallup's been a really good jump ball receiver. He's got a big body. Like, and especially if you, yeah, and especially if you can't run the ball, their corners are not – they weren't very good. I would have rather just take my shots giving them chances on the outside. And just to kind of continue this conversation a little bit further, right? Like I think after looking through the, the, the red zone tape and just the game overall, and I, and I, I want to caution that I'm not hand waving all of this away with the healthy offensive line. But I do think that once you have an off, a healthy offensive line, one of those bread and butter plays that you might be able to have is power going left to right. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this is kind of a, another segment that we should talk about at some point. Tyler Smith was destroying yeah. dudes on, on yeah. pulls. Like, and so if you could get him coming from left to right behind a Terrence Steele and Zach Martin down block, uh, I feel like you're going to be able to move some bodies even in the red zone. So uh, I do think that part of the issue was the offensive line, but I'm not blaming the offensive line specifically. In fact, if anything, I would blame the play calling based on the personnel more than the actual problems with the personnel itself. One last thing on the offensive line before we move or sorry on the offense before we move on. Um, I do think they need to start running Dak a little bit more. And I know Dak probably is against taking additional hits, but they ran a zone read at like the three yard line where if he I, just keeps the ball, he probably walks in. Is that the one where it uh, was it, was it uh, uh, 
uh, Dowdle was the, Dowdle. the, the, the yeah. yes. Oh man, Cam Johnson or Cam uh, whoever Thomas. it was. The, Thomas Tim came Thomas. down, crashed down hard, and I actually went back and, wa- and was trying to go look to see if that even was a zone read. Like I kind of think that was just a. It might have been uh, because but, he didn't. He didn't look. Uh, he didn't look like he was seeing the key no, man at all. Like, but so, I, but I think that's one way your red zone offense will help. If, if Dax, yeah. it, it doesn't have to oh, score yeah. touchdowns. You don't have to run the the tush push or whatever the Eagles run. Like you don't have to do that. But at least make teams have to honor your legs a little bit more. And Dak just other than a couple runs in this game, really didn't scramble much. And I, I know why he doesn't do it, but I do think this offense needs it right now. He had that one big run, and it was such a huge spark for this yes. offense. Um, and I think when he does it, it's a, it's a big spark. So I agree. They need to find ways to get him to safely run the, the football. And, you know, for the most part, when he's running the football and it's getting unsafe, it's because of his own stuff. It's not because yeah. the design doesn't give him an option to slide or whatever. It's mostly because Dak just throws his body at defenders yeah. to try to get first down. So I agree. They, they, they should find a way to get Zach, Dak at least, you know, two or three op, uh, options to run the football a game. And if I'm, I'm not joking. Like if he just is going to continue to not run the ball inside the five yard line, I do wonder like if they should consider using some Trey Lance packages just because of his size. And maybe you can run a version of the quarterback sneak that the Eagles run, but We've got plenty of other things to talk about besides Trey Lance. So let's get to them next, including what do the Cowboys do against these scrambling running quarterbacks? We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Nutrafol. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning, thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate you can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz. It'll help you identify the causes of your thinning hair. And Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. It's Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code lockdown nfl one more time neutrafol.com slash men promo code lockdown nfl welcome back to the lockdown cowboys podcast on tomorrow's show we're going to answer your twitter questions i'm sure that you guys have a million of them so make sure you send them into me at marcus underscore Mosher. Landon, let's talk about the defense a little bit and this running quarterback thing, which continues to give the Cowboys some issues. Didn't hurt them in week one with Daniel Jones. We did see Zach Wilson have basically a drive right before halftime where all he did was scramble and get them into the field goal range. We saw Josh Jobs on the opening drive of the game have a long run. He was able to run before halftime to get the the Cardinals a field goal. How did the Cowboys contain scrambling quarterbacks? Yeah, it, I mean it's it's a problem because they they play an aggressive style, you know, at, at especially in, on the edge, and and the zone reads are are specifically supposed to take advantage of that. Um, you need to have better tackling. You need to have better discipline. I, I I felt like in general one of the big problems on defense 
last Sunday was just a lack of of discipline on the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just unable to kind of maintain edge, whether it's bad fits or bad leverage or bad decisions. I mean, uh, you know, John Owning was, was all in our mentions yesterday talking about Dante Fowler's, you know, uh, bad placement on, well. on the on the power run. I mean, it was uh, – it, but, it, but he had a two or three other plays like that where he just – he used the wrong leverage. He he didn't have his outside shoulder free, and you saw it too with with Curse on a couple different plays where they just they get sucked inside. And, and Arizona was running so much of that pin and pull that they were trapping blockers on the edge uh, inside, you know, freeing a, a, a offensive lineman out the out into the flat, and then taking on any kind of uh, alley defenders that were coming down to fill and and just breaking these things free. And, and for the quarterback run situation, it's like. You know, it's it's tough because sometimes it's zone read, which like like I just mentioned was was an issue, which is kind of containing the, the edge and, 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 and maintaining leverage and making sure that there's an understanding of who has the running back and who has the quarterback in these plays. And then sometimes it was just a case of the Cowboys pass rush getting too far upfield and uh, not playing with, with proper levels and just allowing. And this was also a problem in, in, in the run game in, in general, just a lack of kind of consistent levels, uh, rush levels, and, and just allowing huge kind of gaps yep. for the quarterback or the running back to just skirt, skirt through and, and create. So I think the Cowboys need to continue to try to be disciplined in making sure that not one person doesn't get too far upfield in comparison to the rest of the line, because that's creating spaces for the quarterbacks when the, in the passing situations to run through or the running backs, uh, if they get the handoff and, and you've gotten too far up the field and you've taken yourself out of the play, you might as well have been blocked out of the gap. I mean, that you basically are, are, are useless to the play at that point. So it, I think it's, if more than anything, it's just about playing with a little bit better discipline while trying to play with your hair on fire, which is a very difficult ask to do, which is probably why Arizona put the Cowboys in Which means what you're going to see over the next couple of weeks is a ton of screens. Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to screen you to death. They're going to run tight end screens. They're going to run running back screens. You play the 49ers, who under Shanahan are always a great screen team. You play the Eagles in a couple of weeks. You'll play the Chargers in a couple of weeks. Like, this is just where you're going to have to get used to. having Being able to get upfield, but also being in control – so that you can make the play so that you don't have, you know, one linebacker taking on two offensive linemen while trying to make a, you know, a tackle on a running back. When you play an aggressive defenses, uh, defense, this is just kind of the, the nature of the game. Like you're going to have to be somewhat controlled in your pass rush. Offensive, defensive schemes, whatever. Every scheme has a pitfall. Every scheme has yeah. got a something that you have to keep a track of because there's a weakness. Every, everyone's got it. So for the Cowboys and for the for any kind of aggressive up the field attacking defense, there are offenses that are going to attempt to exploit that. You have to be aware of that. I'm not generally worried about the the schematic soundness of this defense. Like this is a good this is a sound defense. Yeah. Yeah. This they just need to play with a little bit better discipline than they did on Sunday. Uh, I want to talk about the corners before we move on. Um, I, I don't think this was Deron Bland's best game, obviously. Uh, you know, first game playing outside corner, I expected him to struggle, and he did. What didn't help is I don't think Stephon Gilmore had a very good game in this one either. And I just don't think you, you're not going to win many games if both of those guys are struggling at the same time. 
I'm going to push back a little bit on Bland. Okay. Because I, I, I do think that as Bland played for the rest of the game, he actually played a lot better. He did give up a big catch. He had a, pa- a pass interference. But I think both of those occurred in the first quarter. Uh, and I think after that, he played. He settled in. It's just okay. just to get down 9-0 because he didn't play well. You know, they felt like they were always trying to battle back from that. That's fair. And I do think that I uh, that you know, Gilmore had kind of an up and down game. There was that. Uh, situation on a play action pass uh, where it was crossers, I'm pretty sure, or mesh maybe, um, and, uh, and and Gilmore failed to kind of pass the 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 the, uh, the or or actually pick up a, a crosser coming into his zone up the to field. Well. Yep. Yeah, and, and and that was the big play that kind of really put a dagger in the game at some in some ways. Um, yeah, and I, I think that they can play they can play better than that, and I I also think that again. Part of this issue was that the normal kind of positive feedback loop that we talk about of pass rush and coverage, uh, that, that just wasn't happening. You didn't feel like the pass rush was getting home on a consistent enough basis because for the most part, they were just throwing the ball quick. And then when they did pop out to uh, to throw you know deep passes, they were using a lot of max protect. So they were getting a lot of bodies on our on our rushers. And then that gave the receivers opportunities to kind of get through the zones uh, and have yep. time to kind of get th- into their routes. And it got guys open. Uh, and, and that really, and they, the Cowboys really paid for it with, by not being able to stop the run and force them into obvious passing situations. Uh, it, it, it allowed them to stay balanced and so that they could take these shots. You wouldn't know when to necessarily expect them. Uh, and if they weren't covered up perfectly, then then they were getting guys free running open in the defense. And even when the Cowboys did have good coverage, it's just one of those games. They threw the ball to Hollywood Brown on third down and nine. It was the, on the, the drive that Parsons should have got the safety in the end zone, which mm. we don't have to talk about. Uh, yeah. that, that, one, <laughs> that one too, honestly, like it was a it was a judgment call because the holding started at the goal line. Yeah, so but it, you didn't, could have, it didn't finish there. It went yeah, all the way no, through No, it the certainly didn't. And I think that's the thing is that there's so many different things that happen in this game like that that are like weird judgment calls that easily should have gone the Cowboys' way, but it felt like all of them didn't. So, and so that, that compiled. It, it, yeah, on the next play after the holding play, they got uh, they threw a, just a bomb down the sideline to Hollywood. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore was in great position. Like, you, I mean, honestly, you couldn't be in better position. It just happened to be a great throw and a great catch, and I believe – Arizona went down and scored a touchdown. So even if you just force a punt there and you don't get the safety, the Cowboys are probably getting the ball at the 50 yard line at worst. I think down eight at that point, like you feel pretty good about where you're at. Um, Just one of those games where Arizona played really well and the Cowboys played very, very poorly uh, and they pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I think the the thing that really kind of summed up exactly the, the game was that, I'm pretty sure that like following the win percentages that right before Dak threw that interception, the Cowboys, even though they were still behind at the time and there was still like three minutes left to go in the game, the Cowboys were like 80% chance to win that game. Yeah. And, and as soon as he threw that interception it went down to like three, you know, it's like, it's, it's, and that's just shows you that, that like the Cowboys uh, were the better team in a lot of ways, but they couldn't show it because they couldn't, perform they yeah. couldn't you know they they were having to fight the refs in some situations they were having to fight their own discipline in a lot of situations and t- t- again to their credit arizona had a really great uh, game plan yeah. and they executed it very well all right let's talk about the offensive line we touched on them a little bit in the first segment i want to do a little bit of a deep dive on tyler smith uh tj bass and the rest of the offensive line next
This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, future bets, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Landon, we have a few minutes left. Let's talk about the offensive line. You mentioned Tyler Smith. Let's start with him. Uh, didn't take long for him to already look like one of the best offensive linemen on the team. No, no, and, and he, he looks physically strong. There were a couple of different reps where it felt like his technique was still kind of getting there, right? Yeah. Like he, you felt like uh, there was a couple of different punches he threw that his hands got a little too outside, and it wasn't that a holding got called, but that he had a defender in his chest, and he wasn't able to get uh, his hands up there, uh, and then he got uh, controlled a couple of times. <laughs> You know, he wasn't getting a ton of help from from folks on either no. side of him, to be honest. Um, you know, I thought that Ch- Chuma Doga played okay. I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't as good as last week, that's for sure. But it it, it wasn't getting them killed on a consistent basis. And the, the thing way- with Chuma is like, I think if Chuma is your if he's your worst starting offensive lineman, you're gonna yeah. be fine. Right, yeah. like if he's the fifth Agreed. guy on your offensive line, you're fine. You're going to be really good on the offensive line. But he was not the fifth guy. If he's your <laughs> that second line. or third best in a game, you're going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, and you know that kind of leads us to those the two young guys in the middle. Um, I I was disappointed in the way TJ Bass kind of played. So I, I I at first I was I was you know by the watching the the broadcast, I I felt like he had had a good game just kind of based on you know, what, where you were seeing line movement, uh, from that angle, uh, the fact that the Cowboys were able to move the ball so consistently well between the, between the tens again. Um, but, but when they would go back and watch, you know, there was a lot of, you know, it's just, it's what it is with young players is inconsistency, right? You see double teams, you see double teams and, and it's like every single time you see Zach Martin and Terrence Steele do a double team, it doesn't matter who they're doing it on. It doesn't matter what they're moving that guy off the ball. Well, it's not even just that it looks the same each time, right? It looks like they fit the same. They, they understand the timing. They understand, Hey, Terrence understands the feel of, okay, Zach's got it. I can, or or, uh, either way that either Zach's got it or Terrence has got it. I'm good to pass and get to the second level to my guy. There were times when Brock and and, and TJ were doing it where they almost were like, you know, lined up behind each other. Like they were in line for something. They were, they had their feet crossed. There was times when there was one, and I posted a video and showed it to you where it was a, a, a inside zone. Hoffman's job is to help Tyler Smith secure the, the defensive tackle before he gets to the second level. So it's kind of a, it's kind of, it depends on the technique, but it's kind of a hip bump, like almost a check to make sure that you clear the defensive tackle to the other side of Tyler Smith. So he can get a good angle. Then you get to the second level. I showed you the clip and we were making jokes about what you're comparing. It was like, I think you compared his block to uh, your daughter coming up to give you a hug before you go to work. Yeah, exactly. I, it was like, it was like, I compared it to my, uh, my grandfather patting me on the back after I help him up from his comfy chair. Like it was the most pathetic, like bump I've ever seen. And so, you know, when you can't, 
get any consistency in in like in duo in inside zone like in the most basic run plays the things that have been in this this playbook since before these players have been born um it's you're you're not going to be able to uh consistently run run no. run you know very well and i will just point out i think that both pollard and Dowdle had a fantastic they played game great. They played because great. what you had, they had to deal with the times, despite the fact that there was so much inconsistency in the blocking, they were running the ball consistently well, which, which yes. shows you the level of talent. And then obviously shout out to my guy, Hunter Lepke. Yeah. What a game he had. There was one play where it was, he was the lead blocker. He blocked two guys. Uh, it was, it was just gorgeous to see. And then obviously his own belly run on a third and one, yeah. in which he, in which he makes the quick move inside the hole to, to beat the, the defensive tackle. Uh, running backs well, definitely saved offensive linemen's uh, butts in a, in a lot well, of run you, game stuff. You forgot to mention his little catch out of the backfield on the, in the flat where he turned it hey, upfield. We uh, want to do a whole segment on Lippie? No, I'll we do don't, it, we buddy. We gotta, I got it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say on the offensive line really quickly, I'm not surprised Brock Hoffman struggled. Like I know <laughs> – He's just not ready for the spot. He needs to be – he needs to develop a lot more. With TJ Bass, I actually – I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack. Yeah. This is somebody who was a left tackle at Oregon, right, mm-hmm. and then played left guard basically all camp, um, you know, played left guard the first two weeks of the season, and now you're switching him over to play right guard, you know, on short notice, right, because I think the Cowboys were kind of planning on Zach Martin to play yeah. maybe this game. That's hard, right? To go from left tackle to left guard to right guard in how many months? In you know, he, not having a lot of experience, he'll be better. I, st- I still think he's probably a left guard in the NFL, but I'm not overly concerned about him long term. No, no. I mean, he has the requisite strength. I think it's technique stuff. He just he just yeah. hasn't seen everything yet, and that's no. what happens when you're a rookie. Right no. Good news, really quickly. I, I'm not sure the Cowboys are going to get all three of their starting offensive linemen back this week. Maybe you'll get two of the three. It seems like the closest is probably Tyron, right? Tyron dressed Tyron, up. Tyron was a true game day decision, so I would yeah. assume so, yeah. Yeah, and, and Zach Martin – Zach Martin came back on the field last week to do victory formation. He, I, I'm guessing he's just really sore more so than has a big ankle injury. And we'll see about Tyler Biotish. But Biotish the is the only one that I'm really worried about, honestly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he might just miss another week because it's a hamstring, right? Good news. You are getting a lot of backup offensive lineman experience. Uh, you know, right. already in the season with Chuma playing now left tackle and left guard, with Bass having a start and playing at left guard and right guard. Obviously, it hasn't been ideal, but at least I feel I feel a little bit better knowing what you have down on your bench than we did going into week one. I would rather TJ Bass take these crappy reps so that he can learn from them versus Arizona now than when we need him in December and we're playing Philadelphia for the division. Yeah, which you know what I'm saying? I mean <laughs> there's a couple of teams that have had some unreal offensive line luck like Philadelphia, but yes. for the most part, every team is going to be down a starter or two. By the time we get to December, it is nice to at least get these guys some meaningful reps early in the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, you take your lumps so that your guys can, this is the only way for them to learn. You can, you can yeah. practice all you want. Game reps is the only way for these guys to get better. I'm hoping that TJ Bass took what he learned. He has the, the tools to get better. I'm not so, worried. like, he just needs to get right between his ears, and I have no doubt that he will. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, on tomorrow's show, 
We're going to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them in to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are free and available on all platforms. Check out the show on YouTube, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.